And I just got a notification here. Um, Dinwiddie has a partial ACL tier. Oh, goodness gracious. He's expected to have a full recovery before next season. But, oh, actually, that's kind of bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hello and welcome to the Monday, December 28th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope your day is going absolutely awesome and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. This is the final one before 2020 ends. Thank you guys for all your support. We are reaching almost, we're, eh, we are so close to 900 followers on Instagram. And we have just eclipsed 2,000 downloads on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for your support. And I'm excited for a 2021 up ahead. My first one of 2021 is episode. We're going to have a guest on, so that's going to be really fun. But here, we're going to be talking about just the craziness that has, that has been going on in the NBA over the past week. But before we start, I have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss an episode. That would be very much appreciated. And for all the podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. And as for the Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean listeners, remember to just continue to show your support in any way possible. Like I said, I appreciate all of you. And just the growth of this podcast, like, I remember back in March, I was under 300 downloads, and I had, like, um, so, like, over 60 episodes, and now the fact that we have over 2,000 at this point, I really do appreciate y'all, and thank you for just um, coming along on this journey. I have a great show lined up. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the craziness that's been going on in the NBA as of late, and... Yeah, and we're going to be just talking about just like a lot of things that have surprised me because let's be honest, there's been a lot of surprising outcomes over these, this past week and I cannot talk and I can't wait to talk about it. So sit back, relax, and let's jump right into the first topic. The first topic we're going to be talking about sadly has to do with the injury report. And there are some teams that have been hit with injuries, so we're going to get right into it. The first one being the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've been hit hard. Their star center, Carl Anthony Towns, is out indefinitely after dislocating his wrist on Saturday night. Apparently, Carl Anthony Towns felt it throughout the game. I think he went back to the locker room to get checked. But he came back on the floor. We thought it was okay. But apparently, he said that he was just basically out there being a decoy. He thought that he like would at least serve a purpose there. And although he finished with 18 points, I believe 11 rebounds, he still is going to miss a couple of games due to this dislocated wrist. And this is unfortunate because the Minnesota Timberwolves were off to a great start, being the Detroit Pistons and then winning their game on Saturday night. And you could just tell that already they just missed Cat like right off the bat because they had to face the Lakers yesterday. And the Lakers t- just took no, no care for them whatsoever. They defeated them in, by over 30 points. I mean, 127-91. to 91. That was a rough game for them. And they honestly missed Cat. I mean, they, they got some more opportunities for like Nas Reed and all that. But it's still a highly unfortunate situation where they're going to be missing Cat for a couple of games. 
and the and they did this, and the Lakers like demolished them without Anthony Davis. So, I mean, would Cat maybe saved um, a forty point deficit? Maybe not, but at the same time, I mean, they're definitely he's still their best player, and they're definitely going to miss him. So, hopefully, he comes back a speedy recovery, and yeah, I need him back on my fantasy team as well. So, hopefully, he will be back soon. Another team that was hit by an injury was the Golden State Warriors, as if the start of the season, bar last night, um, wasn't um, going good whatsoever. They had some more bad news. Marquise Chris is out for the season with a broken right leg. And that's unfortunate because the Warriors could use any help. Um, Marquise Chris was a lottery pick um, a few years back. And he hasn't lived up to any of, like, really the hype that um, a lot of people had around him. He was an athletic freak who was seen to be a really good lob threat and maybe could develop his game um, into a pretty solid starter. He hasn't really got to that point, but he was pretty good for the Warriors. Six points a game this season in his first two games, um, four rebounds. Anything of that sort would have helped. But, unfortunately, he got injured, broke his leg, and he is going to be out for the season. Those type of injuries are always... Um, just always suck, man. I mean, uh, a broken right leg, that sounds like honestly really bad. I think this is kind of a similar injury um, to um, Victor Oladipo last year, and it took him a while to get back in, uh, on the floor. So, yeah, let's just hope for a speedy recovery for Marquise Chris. And I don't know if that's maybe that's going to affect his athleticism in any way, but I just hope that he's going to have a speedy recovery, man. I mean, I was a big fan of his coming into the league. Obviously, like I said, he hasn't really um, lived up to his potential. But he's a good energy guy off the bench. And like I said, the Warriors could have used him. And now he's going to be out for the season. So, speedy recovery to Marquise Chris. And let's and hopefully the Warriors can find like some way to like um, allocate those minutes elsewhere. And now like we've, for the final um, injury in this report. It's not really an injury, but more just um, these guys had to like miss out basically on two games because of COVID. And we are going to be talking about the Houston Rockets once again. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, among others. I mean, it's basically half the roster. Had to quarantine for seven days because of COVID contact. And mind you, this is not because they're positive. This is because of contact tracing. And this proves that the NBA is being really safe. Unfortunate for the Rockets because, honestly, if you had DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, Eric Gordon in that game versus the Trailblazers over the weekend... They probably would have won because Harden went off. 44.17 assists. If they had if any of those guys beside him, they probably would have won. And because Christian would also had a really good game, 31 points in that. And if they had like these guys along, maybe it would have been a, a different outcome. But unfortunately, um, due to contact tracing, they um, weren't able to participate in this game. And their quarantine started, I believe, last Friday. So seven days, I think they should be back for next for this upcoming Friday's game. But this proves that the NBA is just trying to be really safe with the situation. This is very early on in the season, and obviously they had to um, ask hard into quarantine for four days, and now they had to like wait for these guys because you know contact tracing is a real thing, and they really like don't want um, this virus getting out. I think in their last round of tests there were two positive cases, but the NBA season is still chugging along, and we really don't want this NBA season to stop. So. I mean, unfortunately for Rockets fans, because it's, they're going to uh, miss out on, especially like three of their, like a lot of their top guys, like I said, Wall, Cousins, and Gordon, for the, for the early part of the season. And what's sad about all this is that we still haven't seen John Wall 
play a regular season game in about a year and a half still. So we're still going to have to wait for that. But, you know, the NBA is trying to keep it safe. And the Rockets, you know, have to do a better job of holding their players accountable. So, yeah, unfortunate for them. But hopefully they're going to be back on the court and we get to see a full-strength Rockets. Whether James Harden gets traded or not, we're not really going to get into that today because these rumors are just kind of all over the place. But as of right now, I mean, the Rockets are kind of depleted. But it's going to be nice to see them at full strength when all these guys are healthy. So yeah, that's the injury report. Let's move on to just a lot of surprising like outcomes, topics. And I'm going to be doing this in a segment called What Surprised Me The Most. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to um, talk about a few topics and give my rating as to how much I I was surprised by like these. And there's a lot of these, and honestly, there's a lot, a lot of surprises. So... Let's get right into this. The first one we're going to be, the first topic we're going to be discussing is the LA Clippers. And I don't know what the hell happened yesterday, but the Clippers went out and just, I, I, I have no idea what happened yesterday. I, I, I'm still kind of speechless. The Dallas Mavericks defeated the LA Clippers 124 to 73. Let me repeat that for you. The Dallas Mavericks won. 124 to 73. And I'm like, I was like, okay, this is like, imagine this scenario. I'm doing stuff for school. I have to like fill out these applications because I have a placement next year in my third year. So I'm just filling out these applications. Then probably around like at some point in the afternoon, my phone blows up. I usually have these post notifications for different accounts just so I could see what's going on in the NBA. And it all literally posted within a span, like, 10 different, like, um, five different accounts posted. Um, I had a couple of my friends just send me, like, just pictures of this. And I'm like, what is going on? Why is everyone just all, all of a sudden just, like, freaking out? If you look at the halftime score of that game, the Dallas Mavericks almost tripled their score. Almost tripled. They were up at half 77 to 27. This is an NBA game with an NBA team. And not just any NBA team. This is supposed to be a title contender. The LA Clippers are supposed to be title contenders. And this is just no excuse for any NBA team whatsoever. Because whether you're the Clippers, and you're up there as one of the title contenders, or you're the Knicks, being down by 50 at halftime is embarrassing on all levels. Literally. This is the largest halftime margin in the shot clock era. (laughs) And what is funny about all this is that I mean, like, if I had to give my surprise rating, I mean, I gave it a 5 out of 5. Okay, the ratings, this rating system is going to be out of 5. But this one's a clear 5 out of 5. Like, this was just absolutely ridiculous. Like, Luka Doncic was going off on them in the first half. Literally, the Clippers had no resistance. 77 points given up in the first half is already bad enough. But the fact that you scored 27. 27. And their only burst by the entire game is when they had that... 10-0 run at the beginning of the third. And then after, they um, they just let Tim Hardaway hit like three threes in a row. And then it went back up to 50. We're lucky it didn't get worse because I think the worst uh, margin um, victory was back in the 90s. When I think it was like involving the Detroit Pistons. I'm not sure if they won or lost. But it was 68 points. That was the largest margin. And this could have been a lot worse if the if the Clippers just um, didn't come out with that little run at the uh, at the start of the half. And what's so funny about the Clippers is that they've given us the two most meme-worthy moments of, 
of the NBA this year, within the last four months, they gave up the 3-1 lead to, to Denver, and now they lost by 50. 50. And I know Kawhi wasn't there. I know Kawhi wasn't there. He Hopefully he's okay. He had to get like eight stitches in his mouth because um, Ibaka elbowed him, I believe it was Saturday. Yeah, it was definitely Saturday night. Or sorry, it was like, it was Friday night when they had to face the Denver Nuggets. And it, like, that's just no excuse. <laughs> Still no excuse. You're a freaking NBA team. And you lost by 50. Not even like, I mean, 51 points, yeah. At least, like, I mean, that's still like a massive L. But 50 at halftime, that is just pure and utter embarrassment. And I just couldn't help but laugh. I was just dying. And the thing about the Clippers, I still think they're going to have a good season. But there's no coming back from this. (laughs) Same thing with the 3-1 lead. Same thing in this scenario. They're just not coming back from this. And this is, like I said before... It just continues to feed into the narrative of the whole um, Clippers persona. They're just super unlucky, and they're just super just like they just like just this like mess of a franchise. I mean, just this year, like I said, I mean, it seems like things were all going right. They got Kawhi, they got Paul George, and they still are giving us these meme-worthy moments. I mean, they just cannot seem to get their head out of the gutter. <laughs> I just know. I just have to laugh at this. Like I said, five out of five surprises. I wasn't even watching this game, and I had to like just stop what I was doing and just just marvel at this. The Clippers are a freaking joke sometimes. I mean, I still think they're going to be really good this season. I still think they're near the top of like their power rankings, especially with the way they started the season. But that was rough. This game was really, really rough. And Paul George, I mean, he's like he was like in like playoff form yesterday. Four for 13, 15 points in twenty four minutes. Rough outing all around. I mean, this is this is a great moment to start the NBA season, but it's also just horrible for Clipper fans. Like if you just look at the social media, they didn't post anything the entire game. This is how bad it was. I mean, just seeing just some of the scores. Like, there was like a point where it was like sixty-two eighteen. I saw one that was like sixty-seven seventeen. Like I don't know. This was just a completely like just meme-worthy moment, and it had to be the Clippers. It really just had to be the Clippers. Let's move on to the next topic, and let's uh, let's go with something a bit more positive. And we're going to be talking about the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, because as of right now, they're 3-0. and And if I had to give my surprising factor um, with their start, it has to be 4 out of 5. And that's a lot because I thought the, um, the Cavs were going to be kind of near the bottom of the standings. I think in the East, I had them like 14th or 13th. Right now, they're showing, like, they're just giving their fans some hope. And I've honestly been pretty impressed by Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Andre Drummond. I mean, these are guys that I've bashed before on this podcast. Andre Drummond, I really didn't believe that he. I thought he was an empty stats guy, and he's proven me wrong at at this point. I mean, right now they said three and zero, and over the last few games, I mean, Andre Drummond has been just like putting up numbers. Like if you just look at the the demolishment of Philly that they had yesterday, which is again another surprising result. He had 24 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. This guy was just putting up like big stat lines. People like Colin Sexton, who was who averaging 27 points a game this season, and Darius Garland, near 20 points. I know it's only 3 games, but they've been good. They've definitely been good. And I think, like, especially that backcourt, I mean, they're a young backcourt, Sexton and Garland. A lot of people are calling them Sexland. <laughs> As their, as their um, nickname for that backcourt, but they've honestly been impressing me. 
I mean, I like I said, I've been bashing this team. I thought like there's just like not a lot of things to like be positive about. And so far, I mean, this uh, season, I don't know if they're going to like sustain this. I don't think this is really sustainable. But it's a nice start. It definitely is. And they did this against good teams, and they did this against, I mean, some mediocre teams for sure. I mean, they had to beat the Hornets and the Pistons. But that win against um, 76ers, that very convincing victory, 118-94. It's just crazy how, like, they're just able to go off to this, like, absolutely fantastic start. And and like I said, this just gives fans a reason to hope. And that's all um, Cavs fans want this season, just to see, like, okay, who are we going to keep around? And who are we going to not keep around, basically? And right now, that backcourt is looking good. I'm still concerned about their defensive effort. But in terms of them like just providing offense to this team, having two ball handlers, it's looking good. It really is. And Andre Drummond is like starting to gain value in my eyes back. Um, and I just think that this team, so far, they've been fun. And hopefully, they're able to keep this up because... Um, the Cavs bar LeBron throughout their franchise, again, is just one of those mess of a teams. And they need something like this to kind of just give them some sort of confidence. So let's hope that, um, let's see if the Cavs are going to be able to keep this up. But so far, four out of five, I've been pleasantly surprised by this team. Let's move on to the next topic. And we got to talk about Trey Young's hot start. He has been one of the top players in the league this season. And he has led the Hawks right now to a 2-0 record. Averaging over 36 points a game, over 8 assists. Like, this guy has just been an absolute monster. And in terms of a surprise factor, this is a 1 out of 5 for me. I mean, this is just what happens when you upgrade the talent around a superstar type player. You have Trey Young, you have, and you kind of upgrade the talent around him, have more comfortable players. This is what happens. He's going to flourish. And I was looking through Twitter and TikTok. And someone brought this up, and I and I had to agree with his statement. So I'm going to pose you this question: What is the difference between what Luca will do this season and what Trey will do this season if they end up um, finishing around the same place? Say if they finish home court advantage. Not much, really. I mean, if Trey Young like averages near 30 points a game, near 10 assists, I mean Luca's going to be near a triple double. But if Trey Young somehow gets the Hawks to like a top four seed, who's to say he can't be in the MVP discussion? He really could be. He is playing at an extremely, extremely high level. And he's making a case to put him in the top five point guard discussion as of right now. I know it's very early into the season, but he's playing absolutely fantastic. And he's doing it at all levels. He is getting to the rim. He is hitting the three ball. And he's getting others involved. I mean, he is playing the, the true point guard role. And he's playing like an absolute superstar. I really liked how... Um, what Trey Young has been bringing to the table. Um, and like I said, I mean, when you upgrade talent around um, a superstar, they just tend to flourish more. They have more options to pass to. And Trey Young doesn't always have to. I mean, he is still like the main ball handler, but he doesn't always have to be just relied upon. He's a bit more loose. And the Hawks so far have looked really good. I mean, I'm already regretting my prediction of having them over the Wizards because the Wizards. They have some defensive issues right now that they didn't um, really address in the offseason and it's showing this season. And the Hawks are definitely like showing that improvement that a lot of teams have been, a lot of fans have been hoping for. And Trae Young is right at the front and center of that. And like I said, 
his hot start right now, not really surprising at all. He's just that great of an NBA player. And I expect, I don't expect over 30 points a game, but I expect some big things coming from Trae Young this season. So, really good start for them. Let's move on to the next topic, and we're going to be talking about another blowout from last night. I mean, the blowouts were um, were very close. I mean, just throughout the day, there's just been like just major upsets, and it wasn't like upsets where, you know, it was like, you know, a close game. These were upsets that were like in large margins. I mean, the Knicks beat the Bucks by 20 yesterday, and as a surprise factor, I have it at 3.5 out of 5, and... The only reason I didn't have it higher is because it just felt like yesterday was just a, kind of like a fever dream in terms of the NBA. The Cavs defeating this, the 76ers by 24. The Dallas Mavericks destroying the Clippers by 51. I mean, this Knicks win is just kind of like <clears throat> under the radar at this point. And that's why I have it at 3.5 out of 5. And what I like about the Knicks so far is just that they're just playing hard. They're just playing hard. I mean, you could just tell the Tibbs effect right away with this team. R.J. Barrett is definitely showing improvement as well. I mean, the first game was really good for him, although in a loss. The second game, kind of rough. <clears throat> 2 out of 15 shooting was is definitely not ideal. <clears throat> but he bounced back a bit better. I mean, 17 points, 7 rebounds last night. And they were able to get the win, especially behind Julius Randle's 29 and 12. <clears throat> it's just very... You know, they, they just look like they're playing hard. And they're playing for each other, which is... Unlike Knicks teams of the past, let's be completely honest. And kind of like the Cavs, there's just reason to be excited. I mean, you could see the promise in RJ Barrett. You could see the improvement in Julius Randle. Tibbs just has them playing hard. And I think that's all Knicks fans want. They just want to have, like, a team where they, you know, like, you could just see effort. You could see them trying. I mean, Alfred Payne yesterday, 27 points, 7 assists. You're just getting, like, a lot of that from, like, a lot of these players. I mean, people like even Alec Burks off the bench with 18 points as well. I think that there's just a lot of good coming um, so far out of this Knicks, although they are 1-2. and two. I mean, they defeated like the best, the team with the best record last year by 20. That has to be something to be celebrated about. And I just think that if if anything, if the, if the Knicks just show like, effort this year, although they're going to lose, I mean, I think the Knicks want to have a high draft pick anyways. But if they could just show effort, if they could just show promise like, you know, like the Cavs have been doing this year, I think that's a W of a season. I really do think so. And I think that's all just, honestly, like that's all the Knicks fans want. Just some sort of hope going forward. I think the only bad thing from the Knicks this week was that there's that, that whole thing with Reggie Bullock last week where he had, I think, the num- his number 25 on the in the front and Mitchell Robinson's 23 in the back. I don't know how that happened, but it's the freaking Knicks. We just got to accept it. And he had to change his jersey mid-game because, obviously, he had the same number as Mitchell Robinson in the back. And uh, that, that was just honestly pretty crazy. But so far, although the Knicks are 1-2, I like what I've been seeing from them. So let's see if they're going to be able to keep it up. Let's move on to um, another topic. And we're going to be talking about the Denver Nuggets because I had this team having the best record in the league. And they are just not showing it already. I had them going 60 and 12. And that means maybe they have to go 60 and 10 the rest of the way. And a lot of that um, losing has to do kind of with Jamal Murray's left start. He was absolutely fantastic in the bubble last um, last season. And he's struggled um, so far this season. I mean, they're 1-2 right now. Um, Jamal Murray, I believe he's averaging like 
13 points a game. Sorry, 16 points a game. Under 35% shooting. It has been rough so far. And I have to say that this is 3 out of 5 surprising. Mostly because I was just hoping that he was going to find some sort of consistency in this game. Um, I know it's really early, but he just hasn't looked like his bubble self. And it's not like I was expecting like the same numbers he was having in the bubble. I mean, 26 points, like, over 26 points per game in the bubble last year. But I was just hoping, you know, 23 points a game. Um, just a bit more consistency in his game. And so far, he just hasn't been showing it. And, and it also doesn't help besides case that, I mean, Nicole Jokic is having to get triple-double right now. 26.5 points per game, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. Jokic is having a great start to the season, which is kind of rare for him at this point. And he's trying his best to get um, these wins for the Nuggets. And Jamal Murray hasn't really been helping the situation. Michael Porter Jr. is averaging more points than him at this point, And I'm just hoping that Jamal Murray just finds that magic that he had in the bubble. And hopefully he can carry it on to the season. But so far, that hasn't been the case. I'm kind of surprised because I was really hoping for big things this year. But it's early. I can't really overreact. I mean, I kind of kind of am overreacting right now. But I still think there's some hope for Jamal Murray. Let's just hope that he finds his groove. Let's move on to the next topic. And we're going to be discussing the Indiana Pacers and their hot start to the season. Right now, they said 3-0. I was kind of high on them over the first two games, but obviously, they, you know, they faced pretty bad competition as they faced the Knicks and they also faced the Chicago Bulls. But they got a really good win against Boston yesterday um, off a game winner from DeMontis Sabonis. And I think, and my surprise factor on this I have to give it a 2 out of 5 surprise factor. Mostly because like before the season, I was discussing the Pacers and I was like, I don't know how some people are having this team out the playoffs. They're still a really good up and, uh, they still have a really good roster up and down the rock. Kind of up and down. And I think a lot of t- um, fans and just like pundits around the league are just overlooking this team. Sabonis is highly underrated. He was, I have him in my all NBA week one team. And, you know, with the Raptors struggling as well as um, the 76ers look, looking iffy this year, they might sweep, um, sneak into, like, home court advantage. They have a good team. I mean, they had to rest Oladipo yesterday, but having a lineup of Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner, that's pretty good. I honestly think that that's still a pretty good roster. And, like I said, I just don't know how, like, we just keep every year, just, like, keep underrating them. Like, I had them as my 7th seed this year, and I'm like, they're probably going to be a 5th or 4th seed, let's be, if we're being completely honest. Just because they have good coaching in Nate Bjorkren. And they just have a good, like I said, they have all-star caliber players. They have some really good role players as well. Obviously, the Holiday Brothers off the bench, Jeremy Lamb, McDermott. I think they have a, it's a good team all around. I just think that we just got to stop overlooking this team, to be honest. So yeah, the pace is hot start. I mean, I'm 2 out of 5 surprised, but we got to stop overlooking this team. And actually, like, consider them as a kind of a... Pretty good Eastern Conference team, and I honestly think that they're gonna honestly like surprise some people and actually make it to home court and um, get some home court advantage for the playoffs. Let's move on to another thing that was surprising to me, because the Warriors I've talked about them they've struggled a lot this year, but they finally got their first win in there by beating the Chicago Bulls last night, one twenty nine to one twenty eight, and it was a game winning three. And if you think of a Warriors game winning three, you would obviously move your head, um, you would obviously think Steph Curry. 
But no, it wasn't Steph Curry. It was freaking Damian Lee. <laughs> and I had to give this a 4 out of 5 surprise because... Um, surprise factor. Just because... It looked like the um, Bulls had this game. Zach Levine with a mid-range jumper with five seconds left. It looked like that was over for the Warriors. And I'm like, goodness gracious. I can I can kind of, um, you know, um, excuse those first two losses just because they're facing two of the top teams in the East with the Brooklyn Nets and then the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought, you know, that was, that's fine. But if they lost to the Bulls, I was going to be like, oh my God, this is actually good. This is actually looking rough. This is just looking rough at this point. But they got a game winner from Damian Lee. And what was funny about this whole situation is like I was watching this game and I was watching this without the volume on just because I was I was, I was watching something else in the background. But when I was watching this, I thought that Jordan um, that Jordan Poole was the one who was the game winner. So when I, uh, without the volume, I know like I was looking back at the clip again. They were literally saying like Damian Lee for three, and it's good. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was Damian Lee. <laughs> I really didn't. And I think it was, like, I was watching with, like, my family stuff, and then I was, like, just yelling, oh, my gosh, Jordan Poole for the win. And then my and then my dad was basically saying, like, isn't, why does that um, guy have the name Lee at the back? And I'm like, oh, my, it's Damian Lee, not Jordan Poole. That, I don't know, that was just, like, a crazy shot. And the Warriors got their first win. Like, that was just honestly just completely surprising. But the Warriors, honestly, just, I thought, I thought they were going to lose to one of the worst teams in the league. Curry was absolutely fantastic in that second half, by the way. I think he scored over 20 points. But there's just so much, like, concern with this team. Oubre still hasn't been playing good. Wiggins still hasn't been playing good. But just getting that first win and finally just getting in that one in the win column, it's just a huge monkey off your back. And I think hopefully the Warriors can build off this. Obviously, hopefully they're not in the same situation where they have to go, like, one possession with the one of the worst teams in the league. But... I think this is something they could build off on, and hopefully they can um, find more success. Let's go to one more topic uh, um, for the surprise factor thing. And we're going to be talking about the Hornets upsetting their nets for the first win. I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5 surprise. Just because, obviously, the nets have been dom- very dominant over the- their first two games. They defeated the Golden State Warriors quite handily. I believe they beat them by 26. And then they beat the Boston Celtics, a top team in the East, by 28. So if you look at this game, you're like, man, they're struggling against the Hornets. Well, they're a scrappy team, and Terry Rozier has been off to a great start this year. And they just played a good 48 minutes of basketball. The Nets struggled here, but I think they needed this loss just to kind of, like, humble them. They didn't want to, like, I think like it was good to have like an early loss this season just because, you know, they don't want to get too high on themselves and, like, find themselves in the situation of the Clippers, you know, thinking they're, they're like, just guaranteed playoff locks. But at the same time, you know, it, it was a good win from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, a lot of good things to look at the Nets in this game as well. I mean, at the end of the game, they had Timothy Luau Kaburu in the game, TLC. And that kind of just shows how deep they are as a team. And just look at this game, I'm like, don't make any trades. Really don't. I mean, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie obviously had to leave the game with a knee injury, which was unfortunate. But having Jared Allen, DeAndre Orton, they just have a deep team. I wouldn't mess with it. And I still think, honestly, like, after, like, the first week of basketball, I'm really thinking that they're just, like, the, the favorite in the East. And I just got a notification here. Um, Dinwiddie has a partial ACL tier. Oh, goodness gracious. He's expected to have a full recovery before next season. But, oh, actually, that's kind of bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's... 
That's highly unfortunate. I wasn't expecting that. I just got the notification now from Bleach Report. Partially torn ACL. That's kind of rough for the Nets. That's kind of losing a lot of their depth, especially because he was a starter. Uh, I, I, I never really had like news like this kind of mid-show, but uh, that, that's a rough loss for the Brooklyn Nets. But still, I mean, obviously you can't trade Dinwiddie now, so probably that Harden trade is off the table. But I just think that they still have a deep team. I mean, I think Karis Avert, I don't know if he's going to slide right in. Maybe they might just put TLC back in because I think Karis Avert running the second unit is probably the um, best um, case scenario. Is probably the best option for them. But yeah, losing Dinwiddie kind of tough. But yeah, I haven't really got this type of news mid-show. But yeah, that sucks. But yeah, good game for the Hornets. Um, Terry Rozier... Had a had that good dunk over um, Kevin Durant. A lot of sports networks are saying that he caught a body. He didn't. He really didn't. Um, he dunked the ball, but then Kevin Durant kind of just jumped into the picture. That's just not catching a body. But, yeah, just a really good win for them. Gordon Hayward honestly has had a good start to the season as well. Yesterday having 28.6 rebounds, 7 assists. Doing fantastic for my fantasy team, by the way. Thank you, Gordon Hayward. But... Yeah, I think this is just a good um, thing to learn from if you're the Brooklyn Nets. And let's hope that Spencer Dinwiddie has a nice recovery, but because, uh, yeah, partial ACL tier, that's kind of tough. So hopefully he comes back, but I still think the Nets are looking like a top team in the East. So yeah, that, um, those are my surprising factors. Leave your comments down below. Um, what was the most surprising thing over this last week for you? And over this weekend, because the NBA man, this so far this season, has been absolutely crazy. Two more, two more segments before we head out. Like I said, every Monday I'm going to be doing my power rankings. And I have another edition for you today. I'm going to go through my top 10 teams in my power rankings um, through one week of basketball. A lot of things have changed, to be completely honest. I have two teams just completely dropping out of the... Um, top 10 and the Warriors and the Raptors. And now I have a top 10 here. Um, like I said, it's just like for a probability of a championship. So, yeah, let's get right into this. Starting off at number 10, we have the Atlanta Hawks. They went 3-0 this week. And I th- and they have them in the number 10 spot in my power rankings. A bit premature? Yes. But Trey Young looking like a superstar right now. Having a deep team finally. Um, I just think that the Hawks just showed a lot of promise, and I think that this is something that can carry on throughout the season. And although I don't think they're probably going to be like top four or anything in the East, I think that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, by the way, it looks so far, and they just look like a very solid team so far this season. And this is um, with some injuries as well. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, I believe, had to miss the last game, and obviously this is without Chris Dunn, who is going to be out till February. And Onyeka Kongu hasn't really gotten a chance as well. So they're going to be still getting some players back. And they're going to have just a lot of bodies there. So yeah, I have the Hawks coming in at number 10. At number 9, I got to go with the Denver Nuggets. Although they are 0-2, um, the only thing really like keeping them on this list is Nicole Jokic playing at an MVP level. I think that if they can get their first one, I think that can just get, kind of get the ball rolling for them. And I still kind of have them in my power ranking. So... Right now, at number 9, I have the Denver Nuggets. At number 8, I have the Boston Celtics. The fact that they haven't really upgraded their center position has really cost them. And although they're getting a you know, great season so far for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, 
they're missing Kemba Walker and the, and just the inside presence is still very worrisome for me. They're right now one and two, but the fact that you can just see that improvement from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum playing at a high level, I still think that they're deserve to be on this power rankings list. I definitely dropped them from last week, but um, they still I think just showed some good things. So I have the Celtics what um, at number eight. Number seven, the Indiana Pacers. Again, a solid team up and down the roster. A lot of people are sleeping on them, but they're going to surprise a lot of people. I really do think so. And with great contributions so far this season from Brogdon, Oladipo, Turner being a good defensive force, and Sabonis playing again at an all-star level. I think, honestly, at this point, they're better than the Celtics just because they have kind of a bit of everything. They don't have that superstar, but they have a bit of everything like in terms of like um, the bench, in terms of starting lineup, I think that they are in a better position right now than the Celtics. But that's probably going to change as the Celtics um, start to get the ball rolling. But right now, I have the Pacers at 7. At number 6, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. 2-1. and one. I was going to put them 5, but they that bad loss to the Cavs was kind of rough. But they've looked better. They definitely have looked better. Ben Simmons on the defensive end is an absolute monster. I'm feeling pretty confident about my defensive player of the year. Choice award, um, choice in Ben Simmons. He's been playing really good, especially on the defensive end. And Bede is still going back for that crown for the best center in the league, averaging 28 points, 12 rebounds as of right now. And I still think, you know, at this point, with like uh, the shooting around them and stuff like that, I think they've improved. And with the coaching of Doc, that has definitely, you can definitely just see the changes in that team. So, yeah, good week for the 76ers. I have them at number six. At number five, I have the Miami Heat. They only played two games. They went one and one. Um, Jimmy Butler had to leave um, the Christmas Day game early, um, but they still played really well in the second half, um, taking care of the New Orleans Pelicans. And they just proved the season. I mean, they're still just going to give teams fits. Um, I really don't take their first game into account because same thing with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's kind of a um, NBA Finals hangover, so they weren't really trying as. It felt like they just really didn't care too much about that game. But uh, from that Christmas game, I still have a lot of faith in the Heat. They're going to always, you know, be a trouble for any team that they face. And they look as deep as ever. I've been really impressed by Precious um, Achua, by the way. He kind of has like kind of that bam energy to him. And he's just coming off the bench. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Miami Heat roster. And that's why I have them at number five. Number four, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I was going to, um, have them as a surefire number three, um, especially, um, but the Knicks loss really brought them down. I know they lost two games, but that one game against the Celtics, they made a pretty good comeback. They were just unable to hit the free throws to send the game to overtime. Really good one against the Warriors on Christmas today. And I mean, it's still, like I said, still a rough, um, loss to the Knicks, but I still think they looked really good. Chris Milton has been absolutely fantastic this season. Drew Holiday has looked good, and I'm just liking the way this Miami, this Milwaukee Bucks team is looking. I um, Right now, I don't have them as the best team in the East, but they're still up there, and that's why I have them at number four. Number three, I got to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. They, they have looked very good so far this season. Let's just get rid of that 50-point loss yesterday. I was gonna put the number four, but like I said, the Knicks um, beating the Bucks um, made the Bucks a bit lower than them, especially because they had a worse record um, so far this season. But the Clippers have looked good. Paul George, um, besides yesterday's game, 
has looked good. Um, the team up and down just looks feels different, which is good. And I'm still expecting big things from them, but that's just a rough loss yesterday. But I still have them at number three. They're still going to be a top team in the West, and they're probably the bit, the number one threat to the Lakers in the West um, this upcoming season. So, yeah, at number three, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to move on to number two, and I have the Brooklyn Nets. The Kevin Durant, Kyrie, or, or Irving duo looks good. They look explosive. Obviously, that Spencer Dinwiddie loss is going to be tough, but I still think they have enough depth to kind of hopefully compensate for it. I mean, it's still he's still a like a near 20-point-per-game scorer, and losing that is going to be um, absolutely tough. But um, I still think they're going to be a really good team, especially with Kyrie and KD. And what I've noticed about this team is, like, unlike the Clippers last year, they um, their two stars in Kyrie and KD had a chance to bond with their teammates because they were kind of, like, on the sidelines a lot last year. And I think what I've seen so far, all my doubts about them, like, kind of having chemistry issues, they've kind of been thrown out the window. I think that this duo would work. And everyone is already just kind of knowing their roles on that team. And it's just developing really nicely. So I have to, at number two, the Brooklyn Nets. And at number one... Plain and simple, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Even with the night one loss, I mean, they lost by seven to the Clippers. They just, it was ring night. They didn't really care. I mean, LeBron had to sit out the last eight minutes because of a sprained knee, but that was absolutely nothing. But ever since then, they've just been dominant. I mean, they beat the Dallas Mavericks by over 20 on Christmas. And then yesterday, they almost had a 40-point win over the Timberwolves. Right now, they're just looking head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And I still have them number one in my power rankings. So yeah, those are my power rankings. Um, leave it down below if you agree or disagree. And yeah, this is gonna this has honestly been like really fun to do. And I think this is gonna change a lot during the season. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, we are almost gonna close out the show. We're gonna close it out with TV's pick of the week. I'm off to a rough start. Oh and two. Um, I had the. Nuggets covering the spread um, on Christmas Day. Obviously, they lost, so that wasn't the case. So, yeah, 0-2, rough start for me this season. But I have another um, game here. I have a rematch of last year's Western Conference quarterfinals um, first-round series. Lakers versus Blazers. The Lakers are minus four right now. And again, I know I haven't taken the favorite yet this season. And that's going to continue. I'm going to be taking the Blazers plus four. Whether they win or just cover, I'm just hoping that it's going to be a close game. And hopefully the Blazers um, pull it out. But I think that the last one against Houston in overtime was really good. I think that was really good for CJ McCollum's confidence. He has been absolutely fantastic this season. And I think the Lakers are just going to... Um, obviously coming off a of back-to-back. I mean, it wasn't really much just because... Their, their star players really didn't play much because they just dominated Timberwolves. But... Anthony Davis's situation is still up in the air, and I just think that this is going to be a close game because the Trailblazers feel like they like showing up against the Los Angeles Lakers, and they're a healthier bunch right now, and I think that that backcourt scoring is going to give them a lot of fits. So, although the Lakers are favored by four, I think the Blazers are going to pull out this win. So, hopefully, I can get my first win here. But um, yeah, I have the Blazers. Um, in this and TV's pick of this week, because that the last the pick of the weekend was kind of rough for me. So hopefully it could ch- hopefully it changes. Owen, 
um, right now to start for me, but hopefully I can finally get that W on the board. Like I said, for the Warriors, I just need to get that one pick, and I can get that monkey off my back. So hopefully that is the case. But I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some great content. I'm going to be back on Wednesday with another YouTube exclusive video. Still haven't really decided what I'm going to do, but I'm going to have that out for you by Wednesday. And on Friday, I have a guest coming on, which is going to be a great way to start the new year. And I'm just excited to have that released. Thank you again for all the support. We are reaching, like I said, almost at 900 followers on Instagram. Please continue to share the page. That would be highly appreciated. And, you know, over 15 subscribers on YouTube, over 2,000 podcast downloads. I've been I'm extremely grateful for the progress we've made on this um, channel. Um, and just, just in this podcast, just throughout this year. So, again, thank you guys for all the support. And I'm just excited for some more person content throughout the season. And hopefully we can get uh, start 2021 off with a bang. So yeah, thank you guys for all the support. And I hope you all have a fantastic day. TV signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.